This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. What's up, what's up everybody, welcome to the opening line, we are your hosts Wits and Roz, we are back another glorious week, we got a quick episode on our hands because I work long hours and have to travel far distances and Wits needs to go to bed so he's not cranky when I give him that AM call just to see how life is going. Wits, I'm going to be in your office in a week. We're going to do a live studio show next week. It's Turkey Week. It's going out on Blackout Wednesday week. Are you excited? You you didn't seem excited about me coming home last week. I want to know how excited you are to see me back in the burb. I don't know. I see every week, and I'm seeing you shirtless right now, so that's about all I can handle. Uh, so we'll see. We'll give everybody an update on how the week's going, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, if, if you follow us, I'm sure there'll be some Instagrams of me and you. So, might be. I've, been, uh, I've been off the Instagram game. Deleted the app. Wow. Were you tired of like seeing my pictures and being like, wow, I'm envious that this guy is Hollywood Roz, and I'm here being financial Bob the Builder banker in uh, in Deerfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I was very envious of you, Roz. I mean, that's what I assume. Let me be on the on the real spectrum here. I get some DMs here and there from people back in my past, and I'm no Alexander Glantz, who is now Alexander23 and is way more successful than any of us from Deerfield. But I get some DMs being like, wow, or whoa, or like, hey. And I'm like, eh. Where, where was that in high school? You know, I did have long hair. I wasn't the sexiest, but like that uh, ugly duckling, I'm a, I'm a swan now, baby. Um, but I'm coming in. I've got the girl I'm going to talk to. Um, Xander's not going to be happy about that. But wits, another thing you're not going to be <laughs> another thing you're not going to be happy with is this upcoming discussion. Before we get into our picks, we talked about last week, obviously, because like I said, we're going to be doing picks. It'll be a quick show today. The college football playoff rankings are out, and your team, Bama, is still not in the top four. Georgia will be in the fourth spot, and I'm going to make the claim right now, Bama, due to allowing their starting quarterback to play one more series, will not be in the playoffs solely based on the fact that Tua is out for the rest of the year. Um, do you think 
that they're not going to make it because they're not going to be good enough? Or do you think the ranking committee is going to take the quarterback situation into like where they're they, at? It, where I, your stance on it? Yeah, I think they're going to take the quarterback situation into consideration. And because there's just... I think that's baloney. Dude, I don't but, think that's baloney. Because one, the only game they have left is Auburn. And so Georgia will play LSU. A one-loss LSU still going to make it in over Alabama at this point, especially with no Tua. And then Georgia, if and I also again, what is looming is this Pac-12 that we keep arguing about, or at least I'm arguing for. And I hate the Pac-12, but Oregon and Utah are still sitting there nine and one, and it's it's theirs for the taking, honestly, with the winner of the Pac-12 championship. So. I think Alabama gets leapfrog, and I don't think they pass up the four teams that are currently in their way. I think Georgia's the only team they could pass up if they lose to LSU. But even then, it might be a little tough. We've never seen a two-loss team in the college football playoffs, but I think I'd rather have a two-loss Georgia than this Alabama team without Tua. Just my take. Hmm. Interesting take. I could see it, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Um, Georgia, I think obviously if they win the SEC championship, then that kind of sums up the top four for me. I think that makes it pretty self-explanatory. LSU, I think, gets in no matter what. But my view on the whole situation is that LSU is going to win the SEC, and they're going to take down Georgia. And comparing apples to apples, a one-loss Georgia, or excuse me, a two-loss Georgia team versus a one-loss Alabama team, I'm taking Alabama. I like them better anyways. And also the fact that Georgia lost to South Carolina, I'm putting a lot of marbles in that basket. So now I think it comes down to, you know, is is the Pac-12 champion, if it's going to be Oregon or Utah, are they going to leapfrog Alabama? My gut tells me that they are, but honestly, I don't know if they should. Even you know, with two out, I understand you don't think that should be just, in the I equation. That, I don't think that should really be in the equation. Yeah. Because you, I don't think you, you want the win. four best teams, Wits, and you've said that yourself, and, and you know that. But still one of the four best teams with Mac Jones under center for Alabama. I think they'd I, rather see Justin Herbert instead of Matt Jones. Well, and, and here's here's my here's my deal. That is why this Auburn Alabama game at the end of the season is going to be extremely important for Alabama. Because if they come out and they destroy Auburn, are you really going to tell me that you want the one loss Oregon team over the one loss Alabama team? where their common opponent in Auburn beat Oregon and Alabama just absolutely spanked them. I mean, Big 12, excuse me, Pac-12 champion or not, if I'm looking at two teams at face value, I mean, for me, Alabama's still the better team. So I think this Auburn-Alabama game in two weeks is extremely important. I'm not even convinced they're going to win that game. I mean, and again, Auburn's a 7-3, you know? They're ranked lower than they were against Oregon. Which shouldn't have a lot, but I just want to make that put that in there. They're seven and three. They haven't beaten the top dogs this year, at least in their conference. Um, <laughs> but the, but at the end of the year, you're going to tell me that Oregon should make the playoff and they lost to Auburn. I mean, I think that's a little contradictory in your part. But I, I just think not, that was a must- neutral site game, SEC first game of the year. I don't penalize the first three weeks. I don't penalize non-conference losses especially when Oregon clearly should have won that game and they blew it in the fourth quarter. I think Oregon played well enough to win that game. I, I don't know. I hate the Pac-12. But We're getting they, they far have... down what-ifs there. Okay, anyways. What-if our way 
any scenario we want. I think they've in years past they've valued the conference champion, and I honestly think the Pac-12, if it remains the same, now both of them are going on the road this week, both facing Arizona teams. An upset swings the pendulum completely in the other direction, um, and I think Oklahoma's out. We had that argument last week um, with 100% out, especially the way like they were down 28, had to come all the way back. They beat Baylor still, but they have no one to play now the rest of the year. So, and I, that's what I was saying. I just think they were in a lose-lose situation this week. But I think the Pac-12, because they honor the conference champions and because they continue to rank Oregon and Utah at six and seven, I think. It's going to go to them. I don't know what Alabama can do. I understand you said if they go in there and just whoop Auburn into the ground, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, you still need Georgia to lose that game. So we'll see. It's a long road, but can you imagine a playoffs without Alabama? I mean, when was the last time that happened? It's, it's it been a long time. I don't think but it happened. I, it, it's I mean, never happened. Yeah, for the Pac-12, I think that conference is praying – that Utah and Oregon match up with one loss. Because if either of those two teams lose in the next two weeks before the conference championship, that just negates more of the power of their conference. So right. I think they're they're hoping that they both end up being one loss matching up in the conference championship. But for me, I'm not as big of a conference championship guy when I think the disparity between the SEC and the Pac-12 is just so vast. I mean, looking at the top four teams in each and just the, the entire conference in general, I mean, I just don't think they're even comparable. And the fact that Oregon or Utah, one of them is going to win the conference, I don't know. I just, I still think Alabama is a better team, and I realize they lost their starting quarterback. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how these next two weeks play out. And then uh, we'll get all the answers that we want, and there won't be any more confusion because uh, we don't get to make a decision anyways, Roz. So. I think we do, kind of. You know what? I, my, my spirit I put into it and what I say I think stands. Um, the Big Ten continues to shoot themselves in the foot with Minnesota losing this week. I mean, it just looks like no one ever wants to rival Ohio State in this conference. And for us to be sitting there talking about discrepancies in conferences, I mean, Tell me about the Big Ten. Why are they valued so highly? You know, I think this Minnesota team, I I understand you could say the talent is so diverse, but it really isn't because Ohio State blows through all of these teams year in and year out. I think they just play each other, and the title Big Ten allows them to hold these rankings. And, I mean, Wisconsin sitting at 8-2 and two is 12. Michigan is at 13. Minnesota 10. Penn State 8. Penn State can be interesting. I mean, they play Ohio State this week, and we're going to pick this game. But those teams, to me, like, they don't stack up, in my opinion, to an LSU, Georgia, Alabama. And I don't know. I'm not willing to say they have a cakewalk against Oregon or Utah. And that's not, I'm excluding Ohio State, of course. Yeah, it's, it, Big Ten is, is interesting. Um, I think you got to – for me, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of disappointment. I it mean, is. I'm very high in Michigan this year. Wasn't high in Wisconsin, but they looked like they – had a chance to march towards the playoff or at least a shot at the Big Ten title. Um, and now, now two losses, they have no chance. But then the other teams, Roz, I mean, Minnesota, I know they lost to Iowa on the road, but they're having a great year. Iowa, I realize they're not a great team, but it's a very tough place to play. They always play people pretty tough there. And Minnesota, I don't know if people actually thought they were in the top four teams in the nation. I didn't, but... They're a good football team. That was a great game. 
Uh, they came up a little short. And then, you know, the rest of the conference, is, it is what it is. It's, just, it's not very good. But, I mean, I think when you're looking at the cream of the crop, three of the top five teams are from the SEC. And then you've got Ohio State, which I think is in that clear top tier teams in the country. And then, you know, Clemson, it's hard to say. I'm sure they're great. You know, they're playing in the ACC, though, which I think out of all the conferences we talked about, probably the worst one. But well, that's what's interesting. No, I think that's what's becoming of the Big Ten. Like Ohio State is heads and heels above the rest of the Big Ten, but yeah, they still but value. Look the rest, I mean, the rest of the competition in the ACC, I don't think is anywhere near the Big Ten. But right, but we're talking about six teams in the top twenty-five here. Okay, I mean, again, can even name this team over there. Well, you're right, but I also want to make a claim or at least a statement, which I said after the UNC game, when they fell out of the number one spot and even when they weren't in the playoff push. I said after that UNC game, Clemson needed to shut everybody up and go out there and just obliterate their opponents. Their next results after the UNC game, they haven't won a game by less than 30 since the UNC game. They've powered through FSU 45-14, Louisville 45-10, Boston College 59-7, Wofford 59-14, NC State 55-10, Wake Forest 52-3. So they're just putting up some numbers, and they're they're going on a fury road right now. Um, I think that doesn't bode well for the rest of the NCAA because I think this team is going to come in with that sparkling hot offense, and I think they have a real chance of being national national champions again. Yeah, I think they do too. I mean, and they've shown us the past few years that they're they're in that upper echelon of teams. So, conference or not, whether they're playing the SEC or the ACC, like Clemson is a clear cut top contender year in and year out, at least for the last four years. So, for me, the conference, it's like like you said, they're they're kind of crapping on everybody, which is what they should do. So, you know what? I'm just ready to watch some football. I know this week we don't have a lot of big matchups, and I'm kind of just waiting for the outcome of, you know, these top four teams. But, and I messed up with. So we gotta, we have to pick the OSU game. I know you didn't see it on my slate, but it is OSU Penn State. Um, I'm fixing that right now. It's a pretty hefty spread at 17 and a half. Wits. I think we start there because it's the biggest game of the week. It's two versus eight, and I think when I see spread like that. And the way this OSU team has been playing, I'm going to have to ride the odd makers, and I'm going to have to take OSU minus 17 and a half. Oof. I'm on the other side of this one, Roz. I don't like Penn State at all, but I do like them plus 17 and a half. I think it's too many points, and you know I know these teams have been kind of trending in opposite directions, but I think Penn State is close enough. I think they're closer than 17 and a half points to Ohio State right now, and I think they're going to play that way this week. I don't see this game getting too far out of hand, but I, I've been wrong many times. Um, especially with the Big Ten. Yeah, especially with the Big Ten. Um, but I, you know, it's it's hard for me to lay that many points. I know Ohio State's at home, but I just I don't see it, and this game could get out of hand very early. But Penn State, I mean, they're they're a fiery bunch. They're, they always seem to be in the mix. They're never in that, that top tier, um, but they're always there, and I think they play them tough this week. I mean, this is a very big game for them, and not to say that they have a shot at the playoff, but, I mean, what's sweeter than the knockoff, the top team in your conference? So 17 and a half points, I'll take it. I just think it's going to be at Columbus. It's going to be loud. Clifford 
We saw him struggle against Minnesota, and I think we're going to see that again against Ohio State, which is a better defense. Chase Young will be back. It'll be his first game back since this odd suspension. Give me Ohio State. I think it's going to be easy. I think they're going to put up 50 points, and we may see a couple touchdowns out of Penn State, but I think this is going to be a runaway, and I think this will cement Ohio State's spot in the college football playoffs. I don't think they'll have trouble the rest of the way. Uh, Game I love wits, super big on. Michigan on the road at Indiana. I've already called the bookie. It's already in. Michigan minus 8.5, one of my favorite bets I've seen all year. I think this is just going to be a a pounding on the Michigan side. So rip it, dip it, skip it. I don't know what you want to do with it, but take Michigan minus 8.5. Yeah, and Raz, I mean, not a lot of matchups in the top 25 facing off against each other. So we went a little off the beaten path this week. So we got a couple interesting plays here. I had a great week last week. Uh, four and one went back to the well with Notre Dame, and they did not disappoint. The beat wow, I down- sucked last week. Good for you coming back. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, but it's all right. Yeah, Notre Dame played really well. But I've got four teams a little outside uh, the realm of what we're normally picking. But I'll just rattle them off for you. My first pick, I love San Diego State traveling to Hawaii. Um, the theme of the week is underdogs. Three-point underdog on the road. I've got San Diego State winning this game straight up. And then I've got another small dog. Uh, I love Maryland, plus four at home versus Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, I think by far and away, if we're talking about disappointments, biggest disappointment for me in the Big Ten, you could say in all of college football, because this team was supposed to compete for a Big Ten title, and they have not been Supposed to have the potential Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I love Maryland, plus four. And then I've got a couple big spreads. I like Temple plus 10.5 traveling to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a ranked team. They've been playing really well. The Temple always seems to play them tough, and I think 10.5 points is too much. And then my biggest line on the board this week is Old Dominion University. Give me two touchdowns in the hook on the road at Middle Tennessee State. 14.5 points. I've got this game around 8 or 9. I love Old Dominion here. So four picks of teams that I don't know if we've talked about it all this year, Roz, but I'm feeling good. Riding a hot streak, trying to get back to even. Uh, went from down 8.5 to 4.6 units, so we're trending in the right direction. So you I definitely were the college football guru last, guru last week. I'm going to ride SMU going into Navy, who I bet on Navy last week, and Notre Dame just did the full poo-poo on them. And I'm going to go hard against them here. SMU on the road, ranked. I think they're going to take this. Or some may say this is a trap. Ethan says this is a lock. SMU goes in there. They will not be able to keep up. So give me SMU. We totally – what sport am I on right now? I don't even know. Um, I guess we didn't pick – wait, what? I have no idea where I am at picking my games. Anyways, I took Southern Mississippi, much like Wits has done in the past, minus four at home. I really just like home favorites at a small level. Um, and then I got Minnesota going against what I just said at minus 13 and a half. I think it's going to be an absolute beatdown. I think they're upset about losing their chance at a potential playoff berth. Give me Minnesota, minus 13 and a half. All one units here. Michigan, I'm flirting with the idea of putting it at two. You know what, Wits? When I say flirting, I mean I'm doing. So two unit play for Michigan this week, minus eight and a half. Give it to me. We're coming to the end of our college football slate um, on the entire year. So hopefully we get back to even. I know I'm at negative 3.2 units and you're at negative 4.6. I am 30, 28, and 4. So 
uh, above 50% in terms of my picks, just not so much my units. Wits, NFL me, baby. We are moving in. We before just we, Before we move up a league, let's move down a league. Wow. Give a shout oh. out. Give a little shout out to the Deerfield High School Football Warriors. Where we're, we're from. Preface that we are both ex-Deerfield Warriors. Ex-Deerfield Warriors. We are going to the state 6A, 6A semifinals this weekend. Uh, I was at the game this past week with my mom, Deerfield versus Lake Forest. Uh, it was electric. Big rise. FU to Lake Forest. I remember being very disdain or very much against Lake Forest when I was a kid. Yeah. Had not been to a high school football game, I think, since I was a senior. Fourth quarter pulling up, pulling up to a state quarterfinal football game, albeit a high school game, was it was electric. It was an awesome victory by the Warriors. Uh, 21-20, Lake Forest actually scored with six minutes left in the game and missed an extra point to tie the game. Um, super exciting. Deerfield football has not gotten this far since 1990. So we're coming up on 30 years back in the state semifinals. We are taking on the Prairie Ridge Wolves this week, who some say are the top team in 6A. Uh, we'll see what the Warriors have to say about that. But, Roz, this is an exciting time. I am going to the game. We are going to be there in full force. And hopefully we make our way back to the state championship. But have to give a shout-out to Deerfield. This I is agree. Run. And we're excited for it. And we actually might have two of those players on our show in the upcoming week. I don't know if Witch is going to be able to take 30 minutes off of work in the middle of the day, but maybe not. But I'll be in Chicago, and I'll be trying to do an interview with two of my former campers who were both number one overall picks for my camp squad. They were tremendous athletes that I helped mold, and I would definitely bring that back up. Um, this team doesn't seem like it would happen without me. But, uh, yeah, congrats to the Warriors. Let's jump up. Let's go to the NFL. Um, NFL, I, as most should know, I am excellent when it comes to the NFL. I was excellent all year long. I was positive to come into this week, 27 and 23, riding a hot streak off for the pack after the Packers win. I went five and zero for the first perfect week of picks on either side of the board. Went five and zero this week. I am now up 7.5 units. And if you aren't riding with me, get off the tracks because the train is coming. And uh, wits, I think I think uh, I'm gonna ride my confidence and go another five and zero this week. Any any headlines you saw from this past weekend, except for the Miles Garrett thing, which we should bring up? Yeah, well, I mean, let's not sleep on Wits's picks because he did win twice as many units across both sports uh, compared to Roz this week. But did go five and zero. We'll give we'll give credit where credit is due. Um, but yeah, Wits, you know, he went four and one in both sports. You know, just casual. Um, but yeah, Roz, we had a couple couple big headlines, one of them being the Miles Garrett tirade on that Thursday night game. And oh boy. I didn't stay up to watch the end of it, but good lord did I get the notifications <laughs> up and could not believe my eyes with what happened. Um yeah, I, I was kind of, I was kind of speechless. You know, Miles Garrett, I mean, for anybody to do something like that, a little over the top, some people say Mason Rudolph kind of instigated it, which I think he kind of did. But I thought Miles Garrett taking him down that hard near the end of the game, two-touchdown game, I thought that was a little little pushy. Regardless, it can't hit somebody with the helmet like that. And Miles Garrett's going to lose a lot of money over this. He already has, and rightfully so. So I don't really have any take on it. It was just 
it was unbelievable to watch that replay. Because I, I didn't know it was going to happen, and it was it was crazy. I think if you've played fo- football and if you've watched football a lot, you think like, wow, that doesn't seem outlet. Like, I've definitely thought, like, what if somebody took off their helmet instead of just trying to punch the helmet and then swing it, you know? It's a weapon waiting to be used. I didn't think it would ever actually happen. And we're super lucky that he hit him with, like, basically the inside part of the helmet where there's some foam. Still probably hurt a good amount. But if it was any other other part of the helmet, we could have seen some blood, a cracked skull. Could have been way more dangerous. And I don't give a shit what people are saying in terms of, um, what's his name, Mason Rudolph instigating it. Take a look at the play. There's eight seconds left in the game. They're up 21 to 7. This is such a Cleveland Brownian thing. And he pile drives Mason Rudolph into the ground. What are you going to do at that point? You already took the loss. You already know you're going home and your playoffs chances are kind of out the window. And you're going to get pile drived unnecessarily into the ground by their best player. Of course, you're going to jaw and get after him about it. And everything that ensues after that, it all starts from that late hit by Miles Garrett. And. At the end of the day, he's going to be suspended for the rest of the year. I'm very curious to see how long he gets next year, and he's going to lose a ton of money. This seems out of character for Miles Garrett, who had a lot of good press around him until this moment, but you just can't do it. You can't use a weapon that's assault anywhere else in the world other than between those white hash marks, and honestly, we'll see if the crime matches the time. Um, That's all going to be on the NFL, but it's just a poor example of, the NFL, and they uh, they definitely need to take swift action on this, and I'm glad he'll be missing the rest of the year. And the Browns, you turn a 21-7 win, your first time ever beating both the Ravens and Steelers in the same season, and you're gonna you're gonna ruin it with that kind of moment. It's just Brownian. You were supposed to be a great team. You look like the laughing stock of the league, and now you're just an undisciplined disappointment. So that's how I feel, Wits, about the Cleveland Browns. Raz, I think you, for the first time ever, you put the issue, I, you were just much more well-spoken about it, and I, I I tend to agree with everything that you said, uh, especially with the Browns, Raz. I mean, this team still has a chance at the playoffs, so the fact that they're going to lose maybe one of the best defensive players in the league for something as boneheaded as that, I mean, it does pretty much sum up the Cleveland Browns, and I do agree with you, very unnecessary what Miles Garrett did, whether or not he knew that Mason Rudolph threw that pass, two touchdown game with eight seconds left. I thought it was unnecessary, and I thought that Mason Rudolph had a right to be angry. You know, trying to rip his helmet off. You know, I probably wouldn't have done that. But it's like poking a bear at that point. But still, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a uh, it was in very bad taste. Miles Garrett's takedown of Mason Rudolph, and Mason Rudolph probably shouldn't have charged after him. But I mean, Miles Garrett with one swing just. A lot of problems. And in the end, the Cleveland Browns missed their best defensive player in the middle of the playoff push, in which they're going to see this team again in a couple weeks. Um, but enough about that, Roz. Let's talk about something good that happened last week. How about Lamar Jackson? Is this guy going to be the MVP of the league or what? Because I don't think anybody has a better case right now than the man with the ball in Baltimore. Am I wrong or am I right? I think you're right. Uh I don't know why. It's like the 49ers who had – you got lucky that you put the bet in at uh, plus 11.5 because it closed at 10 and they did not cover. Uh, but I'll give you that one. Anyways, it's like the – what? It's one of the worst backdoor covers of all time. We should address that in a second. But let me do the Lamar Jackson thing. The 
so I sit there on Sundays and I'm like, oh my God, I know how to beat Lamar Jackson. And it's the same way it was in college. Lamar Jackson isn't necessarily going to beat you through the air. Did he throw three touchdowns? Absolutely. But if it comes down to it and they need him to lead a comeback or they need him to air out the ball, I don't think he's that. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a quarterback that's going to win you games through the air. Is he beyond dynamic, like past the reaches of Michael Vick and Cam Newton? Yeah, I think we're seeing something we've never seen before. And I just think you beat him by taking big leads, by keeping that team or forcing that team to keep the ball off the ground because your enemy is the clock when you're trailing. And the only thing running does is take more time and time off the clock. I think you can beat Lamar Jackson, but it's not happening this year. And he's clearly the front runner for the MVP. And I mean, I could boast about Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but I just don't think it's close right now. I think Lamar is almost in my opinion right now, should be the unanimous MVP of the league. But I just feel he can be beatable. And I think Belichick knows that. And I think they did that when they lost to the Ravens. I think they prepared for it. And I think if they see each other in the playoffs, I think it's going to go Belichick's way per usual. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I think it's definitely a little bit of a different game script when Baltimore is playing from behind. And they have lost a couple games this year. Um, but they've won a lot of big games too, Roz. I mean, they took down New England. They took down Seattle. I mean, they just stomped on the Texans, who were supposed to be a playoff team. Yeah, so I think this Baltimore team is, is a force to be reckoned with. And Lamar Jackson, um, really fun to watch. Now, I'm, I'm happy for him because I remember after last year's playoff effort, I think everybody was questioning whether Lamar Jackson was really an NFL quarterback. I mean, he really struggled in that playoff game against San Diego. And he's answered a lot of questions this year. And you think he definitely has the talent. Um, yeah, and this Ravens team was just so hard to defend because they do like to run the ball more, but he has shown that he can really sling it around. So when then when both things get working, uh, that that's a very tough team to stop. And then, you know, Roz, not much else around the league that was t- that Arizona finish for bad beat purposes was. Yeah. Uh, did you watch what he, the lineman threw the ball forty yards towards the 49ers end zone, which was just a walk-in touchdown to cover the spread? I did see that, and that, that was, was just if you had the wrong number, but you took it early in the week. You got a little extra juice on it. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the most bizarre plays I've ever seen. Um, that was a brutal beat if you got on the wrong side of that. And also, let's give a little credit to Kirk Cousins because that was his first time Ugh. coming back and being down in the fourth quarter to win. Pretty impressive, Roz. 24th quarter points. and Unanswered. They, how they blew that game, unbelievable. Yeah, and Big Vangio, everything that has touched the Bears in recent memory is just disintegrating into flames. That was a brutal game and a half, too, the Sunday night performance on both sides. They just both don't look good. Their offenses both stink. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh, summed up Monday night with uh, Philip Rivers, Philip Riversian effort. Um, with four picks yeah, and professional uh, loser he just yeah. knows how to do it pick on the 10 yard line with uh you know 30 seconds left um so yeah that was a fun one to watch uh chiefs are making their way back a little bit um so yeah Roz, we're uh we're man we're almost three-fourths of the way through the nfl season it just comes and goes so quickly final but two weeks of fantasy how about that putting that in perspective well for some people it's the final two weeks uh, I know could be, be, playing. Could be these, my last two weeks. These two. So we'll see. 
Um, but yeah, Rosalind's you're playing for a bye too right now. You got four more weeks potentially. Yeah, it's not not fun to lose by one point when you're playing for a bye. But you know, shit happens. Drew Brady screwed me again. Um, yeah, we <laughs> going to the well. Going to the well. Uh, yeah, Roz, let's get to the picks. Um, I have one two-unit play this week, and I know it won't make you happy, but I love San Francisco minus three at home versus the Packers. Um, I think the bye week is not going to do Green Bay any favors. I think the San Francisco defense is going to suffocate Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones might score a touchdown because he's a great player. Oh, look at and- you just slipping your little fantasy love in there. Yeah, no. and I think no. this will be a pretty good game, but no. I think three points is not enough. And I love San Francisco. Two units. You shouldn't even be allowed to start Aaron Jones this week. If you're going against the Packers, go against the Packers. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't dip your toe in the water. Get away. Hey, I hope Aaron Jones has three touchdowns and they lose 49 to 35. That's completely fine with me. Oh, my God. Stay away. Stay away. You don't deserve to have him on your team. Um, I've got a two-unit play as well in the form of the Oakland Raiders. I could be falling into a massive trap, which is cool, but the Jets, to me, are such a poor example of an NFL team. I'd be almost willing to pick our Deerfield Warriors, who are in the state semifinals, over them. Give me the Raiders minus 2.5 for two units. I'm going to keep this trend going. I'm going to take that W. Here's an interesting one, Wits, and we're on the opposite ends of this, and I'll help you out because you have New England minus 6.5. I got the Cowboys at plus 6, so I'll let you take New England minus 6. I want to talk about this game because although the NFC least is so bad and we saw Carson Wentz again prove how that once MVP heroic looking season he had will never return, I don't think the Cowboys are as bad as this line is saying and I don't think the Patriots are as good as this line is saying. Patriots offense sucks in my opinion. Tom Brady has not looked like himself. He's been a shell of himself. This defense, fantastic. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's getting so many fantasy points from this defense. His eyes are spinning into the back of his head. But Dallas here has a needs to win this game, has a point to prove, and the Patriots are going to lose a game here and there. And I know they already lost to the Baltimore Ravens, but part of me thinks not only do the Cowboys cover the plus six, but I think Dak has probably one of his more memorable games of his career and beats Tom Brady. Um, so I'm riding. I'm going to go Cowboys. On the road, I know it's tough in Foxborough, but give me Cowboys plus six. I completely disagree with you, Roz. Um, two reasons why New England is going to win this game in convincing fashion. First of all, they're getting back their best offensive lineman, Isaiah Wynn, who has not been on the field for quite a long time. And I think one of the one of the struggles with New England's offense right now is they're not protecting Tom Brady. And we all know the mobility factor there is that there there is none. So if he can't protect him, then he can't make as many plays as usual. So I think the return of Isaiah Wynn, he's going to be an unsung hero of this game that you'll never read about or hear about in the box score. But I think the Patriots offense turns it on this week. I'm predicting at least 35 points. Um, I think he spreads the ball around to Edelman, Sanu. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. And also, from Dallas's perspective, Amari Cooper is still banged up. And I realize he's putting his best effort out there, but was only able to play 55% of the snaps last week. And I think this New England defense is going to eat the Cowboys' lunch. Stephon Gilmore is the best cover corner in football right now. And the Patriots' defense is going to overmatch this Cowboys' offense. They're not going to be able to rely on Cooper. He's going to be taken out of this game. They have one deep threat in Michael Gallup. 
but it's just not going to be enough. And New England is going to get back on track offense, and they're just going to sweep the floor with the Cowboys and remind us that Jason Garrett is just another version of Marvin Lewis down there in Dallas. <laughs> Love that comparison. Um, Patriots after that, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else I have to say. That was my best sell job in three weeks. That is your um, best sell job. I mean, I think we both went in with efforts on that sale. I've got the Falcons minus four. I don't know why, but they look like the best offense in football right now. And they, they're proving it. They're projected to lose both of the Saints and the Panthers. Arguably, the Panthers, who knows where they actually are in terms of talent with Kyle Allen at the helm. But my God, it's like somebody was like, hey, Matt, remember how many weapons you have on offense? Like, do you remember that you were an MVP candidate and you have led the league in passing yards over the last nine seasons? Like, eh, you should probably come out and play. Oh, boy, they are coming out and they're playing hard. And they get Tampa at home. Jameis interception Winston, or Luston, as I like to call him, is going to go into Atlanta, that dome. And he's going to throw more balls to the crowd than to his own receivers. I'm going Falcons minus four. This could be the hottest offense. Thank God I think they have zero chance of making the playoffs. But this could be the hottest offense in the NFL at this point in time. Yeah, don't disagree with you there, Roz. Um, I've got two more picks that I really like, one that I really don't. Let's go with the one that I don't like first. Uh, I'm taking the hometown Chicago Bears. It pains me to say it, but... I think at a certain, that is a tough pick. I'm sorry. <laughs> at a certain point, no matter how bad your offense is, I think this team is just due for an explosion. And what, you know, what better team to do that against than the New York Giants? Because Daniel Jones has shown a lot of flashes this year, but I think at Soldier Field this week, he's going to be under siege. And I think even if the Bears' offense only scores seven, I'm predicting at least seven from the defense as well. Um, I don't know who's going to be under center for Chicago. I don't really care. I think they covered the six points in this one. Uh, so I don't like that pick, but the next two I really do like. Cincinnati, plus six and a half at home versus Pittsburgh. The Bengals, the last two games, they've been playing tough. I know they've lost, uh, but last week, 17-10 versus the Raiders. Uh, Joe Mixon coming out of nowhere, 15-plus fantasy points three weeks in a row. All they're doing is feeding that guy carries, and I think they keep it tight this week. Mason Rudolph, it's been a struggle over there on offense in Pittsburgh. So I like the six and a half at home here. I think this comes down to a, a last second drive here. And I love the Bengals this week. My last pick, the Saints at home versus the Panthers, nine and a half point spread. If you're going to tell me this game was four weeks ago, probably would have been on the other side. But Kyle Allen having some struggles over there in Carolina really showed last week that was an absolute beatdown. Um, I love the Saints here. I think this is the week where Sean Payton, just needs to throw Taysom Hill to the side, not put him on the field, and just roll with Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas because that might be the best three-person combo in all of football. But Sean Payton just likes to run all these gimmicks. I think it's time to put the gimmicks aside, let Drew Breeze chuck the ball up 50 times, give Kamara 25 touches, give Michael Thomas 15 receptions, and enough with the baloney. The Saints should put up 40 points this week, and this game will not be close. Interesting. I mean, I'm not against you in any of these, so I'm proud of your picks. You've three of mine. My last two picks, I'm going to take Detroit, minus three and a half, on the road against the Redskins. 
I think Driscoll has been awesome. I know they lost to the Cowboys this past week, but damn, what an effort he put in. And I think this Redskins team is a bottom-of-the-barrel team if we've ever seen one. So give me the Lions. They need a win. They're long overdue for it. They're going to take that against the Redskins. And then I'm not a big fan of this pick, and it's not a great week for picks, but hey, I kind of thought that last week, and I went 5-0. and So watch out. Roz is hot. Um, Seahawks plus one and a half at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. I just think the Eagles have been exposed time and time again. Can they put up a valiant effort and win some games? Yes, but this is not a team that's competing with the upper echelon teams in the NFC and definitely won't be competing in a Super Bowl anytime soon. In my opinion, I'm going Seahawks with potential MVP Russell Wilson at the helm to win a big game, and send me to 10-0 and over the last two weeks. Wits, any last NFL thoughts while we're here? Any big news outside of, you already kind of covered the MVP. Any late pushes you see into the playoffs? Dash, what are your Super Bowl thoughts as we currently stand? It's hmm. a great question, Roz. Uh, Super Bowl thoughts right now, I think AFC, I'm definitely leaning New England and Baltimore. I think that'd be one heck of an NFC championship, or excuse me, an AFC championship game. In the NFC right now, I mean, one of the te- I think the top team I'd have to go with, I'd have to go with the Saints. I think through and through, they're the most complete team right now in the NFC. Uh, I think you also got to look at Seattle and San Francisco, and then also Green Bay. So those are, I think, the top four contenders over there. But if I had to pick one, I'd have to take New Orleans right now, especially if they're able to get home field advantage. Uh, I'm not completely sold on San Francisco in the playoffs, but you know, if you had to put a gun to my head today, I think I'd have to go with New Orleans, New England, which probably wow. should have been a matchup last year. But that's, that's been. what feeling right now. Although that that new rule, they never change. When I, I've seen the <laughs> challenge flag all the time. They don't change it. I think the, they will only not, change it for that type of play that we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, but I mean, the DeAndre Hopkins play over the weekend, that that was about as cut and dry as pass interference is, and they still didn't overturn it. So I missed it. What what I miss? It, it basically got tackled in the end zone on a fifty yard bomb, about a half a second before the ball was there, which in the NFL is is like a year. Um, been nice fantasy points for me. Oh no, it wouldn't have been. It was just a fifty yard penalty. Um, well, he could. What if he caught it? Maybe, but uh, we'll never know. But yeah, the pass interference replay I think has been just a farce this year because they just waste the challenge. Just don't overturn any of them. It's like, what's the point of admitting that you're going to do it if you're not going to admit that you're wrong? Um, Packers yeah. Ravens Super Bowl on my end. I'm just going to whip that out. I can't bail on my Packers who are eight and two, and I think the Ravens are the most explosive team. And I think the Patriots might take a tumble earlier in the playoffs this year than most will expect. I think we get a Chiefs Ravens. AFC Championship game. Give me Packers, Ravens in the Super Bowl. Packers win. All right. We'll see. We're getting closer. We are getting closer. And Wits, we are at the close or close. I guess I was trying to combine those two. They are combined. They're the same thing. We're at the close of the show, Wits. Let's get some of your last thoughts. How's life going? Anything interesting coming up this week? If it's me coming home on Saturday, I'd love to hear it. And, uh, yeah, what's going on in your life? I mean, I think I got one thing on my mind, Roz, and it's uh, Deerfield football right now. State oh. semifinals. Um, very excited about it. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere over there at the high school. 
I promise you guys I will get wits to show some sensitivity and a little bit of emotion when it comes to me. At some point, I might have to give him a hug on the show. We'll get that videotape with Adam Cole off uh, next week. But as you've heard it, next time you hear us, we will both be in Chicago. We do an awesome Thanksgiving show each year because that's your boy's holiday coming off of what will be another Turkey Bowl dismantling. Go to YouTube, check out my hype video I put out for the universe this is a QB1 over here, better than anybody else on Thanksgiving Day. I am ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to be in the studio with wits. And that is our show. This has been the opening line where we like to keep the line moving. And we'll have to catch you next week from the 847-60015. Come find us next time. I'll put out Xander's whole address. Peace. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't out of, I know. You're moving by the bolo, it's the way. When you're moving by the bolo, it's the play. Break, break, break down. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot, oh, I know. You're moving by the bolo, it's the way. When you're moving by the bolo. Get up, get a moving it. Feel the baseline with the groove in it. Shit, the buzz ain't losing it. I'm an next thing, I'm proving it. Talk about how I'm full of it. Bro, but I'll still be Buddha rich. You wanna know how I'm doing this? Listen, man, I'm moving by the polo. We're moving by the polo. When you're moving, when you're moving, back. We ain't gonna lose it. Watch how I'm moving. Watch how I move, I move, I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto, I know. You're moving by the bolo, it's your way up. When you're moving by the bolo, it's the play What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot, oh, I know. You're moving by the bolo. When you're moving by the bolo. Get them all aboard, move that thing on the harder course And I'm back with the business and the big road on route to the promised land Get that involved, ooh, Dragon Ball Z when we stir it up, superpowers, murder it down I got you now, you feel the buzz like are you serious? Now you are so curious, how did you experience? Party on this open gym We hanging on my shoulder cause you know we Just gon' let it go. You just gon' let it go. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move it. We ain't gon' lose it. Watch how I move. I move. I just can't help myself. What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. Things ain't auto. I know. You moving by the bolo. When you're moving by the bolo, it's the play What's your motto? Everyone want that lotto. You forgot, oh, I know. You're moving by the bolo. When you're moving by the bolo.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.